0: So, your circumstances, sometimes, well, most of the time, they'll try to, like, dictate to you. That's why I was in a particular denomination uh, for a period of time, and when I was, uh, they had this book and talked about um, um, learning how to, um, I don't know how they said it, how God leads or something like that, I don't remember the title of it, I remember the author, but because I'm going to say I don't want to say the author's name. So the man loved God, still loves God. Great man. But the primary way that they were saying that you find how the Lord is leading you is circumstances. So uh, what door is open? What window is open? If it's open, then that's the leading of the Lord. If it's closed, then that's not the leading of the Lord. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Except for there's not a lot of scripture to back that up. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Lord will light my candle, David said, and I'll run through a troop and jump over a wall. What does that mean? That means the second that the Lord gives you light, you can go through things that naturally would be impossible that you couldn't do without Him. Why? Well, Proverbs twenty twenty seven says, The Spirit of man... Or man's spirit is the candle of the Lord, or it's the light of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. What's the inward parts of the belly? Well, the Word of God always is referring to that is where your spirit is. That's the innermost part of your being and personality. That's the real you. Well, the spirit of man, the real you, is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts in other words he's going to use our spirits to lead us and to guide us you know that's where the inward witness comes from he's witnessing with our spirit do you feel the witness in your body i've never felt the witness in my body i felt the witness in my spirit so strong that it affected my body i could get what do you call it goosebumps or something like that you know some people call it goose pimples i prefer goose bumps <laughs> So he's going to use our spirit. He's going to lead us and guide us through our spirits. Paul said so many times, he said, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage is going to be with damage and much peril. In other words, it's kind of dangerous. I perceive it. He's not saying, I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my flesh. I've reasoned it out. He said, no, sirs, I perceive. He actually said, it seems good to me and the Holy Ghost that we should go and do this. What is that? Spirit of man, the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. His spirit bears witness with our spirit. That's the pr- See, that's how you know that you're born again. That's one of, the, one of the scriptural ways you can know you're born again. Another scriptural way you can know you're born again is because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, Romans 5.5. 5, but over in, I think, Peter, it says that we know that we have passed from death, that's spiritual death, not physical death, death to life. Why? Because we love the brethren. In other words, you have a love inside of you, whether you are responding to that love and yielding to that love or not, you have, if you will check, in any given situation, you have the love of God inside of you trying to constrain you. Like if my wife's trying to get up right now, I'm constraining her from getting up. But she maybe could overpower me. You know, on Father's Day, you make me look real good, baby. So, you know, Melody... I love my wife. And uh, when we got married, we got married at her church there in uh, Minnesota. We got married. Uh, Afterwards, we're standing there shaking hands with people, greeting them, you know, who came to to the wedding. And there's like three or four guys, you know the exact number? It was like three or four, maybe more, uh, that came and they shook my hand. And they all worked at the golf course with Melody. (laughs) Well, Melody was the first female to ever work at the golf course in her little town because they didn't let ladies work there. And when she tried to work there, they said, no. <laughs> but she said, no, no, I don't know how you got them to do it. No, the, the, the irrigation people hired me. Then. Oh, so the golf course didn't hire her. So then the, the irrigation company was putting in the irrigation for the golf course. They hired her. And then the golf course people said, hey, like, she looks like a pretty hard worker, so we'll hire her. So at the wedding, these guys come up and they shake my hand. Here, Danny, shake my hand. They shake my hand and they say, I don't know you, but I know Melody. And she is one of the sweetest people I know. And if you ever do anything to hurt her, we are going to come after you and get you. (laughs) That is no joke. That was the first time I ever met them. And I thought, "Huh." some of these guys were like kind of big. I'm like. Glad we're moving to Tulsa. So, <laughs> so I, that did make me lose my train thought. It's a good thing I wasn't thinking, it's was by the Spirit. They said, when a pastor told me, he said, now when you get out to preach, if you ever just forget where you're at, he said, just say, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Brother. Yeah, Holy Spirit restraining you. The glove of God is restraining you. So, you know, like, uh, I don't have much to say to you, but the spirit of the Lord does. So I endeavor to flow with him and let him speak. So sometimes you have to get uh, your tongue hooked up with your spirit. Why? Well, that doesn't come by default unless you have actually developed, it's called developing spiritually. What does that mean? Well, Paul actually talks about three stages of spiritual growth. One, he talks about the babyhood stage. One, he talks about the childhood stage. Then he talks about manhood, right? Well, don't get that confused that You know, as soon as you're born again, you're born again just a little baby, spiritually. So therefore, you can't be healed. You can't be all this stuff. No, 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 no. It's more like spiritual maturity, that you're like a full-grown spirit, so to speak. But you have to spiritually, in, in spiritual godly character, develop, right? The Corinthians, he said, you all have been here long enough that you should be eating meat. But you're not. You're babes. I can only feed you milk. You're not able to digest it. Right? But he, he, he rebuked them. He said, you shouldn't be. You should be ready for meat. But I can't even give you meat. I can just give you a little bit of milk because you're not able to handle it. Right. 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 So, praise the Lord. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly or of your being. I like the word of God where we quoted it before over in Hebrews chapter four is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing in two soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Sounds like the Spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly sounds very similar. In other words, you have things deep within you that sometimes you're not even conscious of or aware of. And so your experiences and what you go through, if you let them, will dictate the direction, course, and limitations of your life. and you may not even be aware of it. So what? You feed on the words of God because the entrance of his words give light. The entrance of his words give light. What does that mean? Well, the series we just finished up with, um, talking about the Lord speaking to you, Romans ten seventeen. so then... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what does that mean? Well, you first have to hear it. Lack of knowledge, you won't have some faith in that area. Well, any faith in that area. Because a lack of knowledge will hinder your faith. Stop your faith, actually. How can they hear without someone telling them, right? So uh, that's the first hearing. But the second hearing is actually in your spirit. That's the Greek word rhema. Not the word hearing, but the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. What's the rhema of God? That's God speaking to you. That's him quickening his word. Psalm 80 said, you quickened quickened it and made it real, right? In other words, made it alive. Man had a body. God created man and he's just lying there, laying there. But until God quickened that man or breathed life into that man, he was was not alive. He was dead. But God breathed the breath of life into him. What happens to us when we allow the Lord to breathe into us? I'm talking our innermost being. That we receive his life. Hallelujah. I mean, glory to God. It's, it's, it's a new realm. It's a new sphere. It's a new, not just a new season, but you enter a new place. Like you actually... You actually come. Some people, somebody described it once. They said, this lady, she said, man, when I I was a believer, I even went to Bible school, got all the degrees to be a minister, but I just did, you know, Sunday school work. But then she heard about receiving the word and receiving the word concerning who you are in union with Christ or in Christ. You know there's like 134 scriptures in the New Testament that say in whom, in him, by him. You know, you are the righteousness of God in him. Or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? That's just two of them, two significant ones. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So she said, uh, I I didn't have a lot of time because I was busy, so I just took I think two or three of those verses she said, I wrote them down on a piece of paper. You know, you remember stuff more if you write it down? Because the physical motion, the decision of your mind to do physical motion, to write something down, even if it just passed through your head, even if it doesn't mean a lot to your spirit. In other words, you haven't uh, heard it with the real part of your being. You heard it with your head all right. By a strap, oh yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I see that. I know that. Yes, I know that. Paul said, I have determined among men to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In other words, my approach to God in all things, especially if I'm gonna try to minister to other people or talk to other people for the Lord, my approach is I know nothing, he knows everything. My approach is I am totally dependent upon him. That is the life of faith. Pistis, which is the Greek word for faith, one of the the most uh, revolutionary uh, parts of the definition that I found when we did that series like two years ago was that faith itself, by its very essence and definition, is a turning away from anxiety, self-confidence, and what the world could bring, and a turning to Christ, turning to the Word. This is faith. So what we say, well, believe. Well, we say believe, which is true. But believe contains within it the necessity or the requirement that you are letting go of other things so that you can have this only. You go to India, they have like thousands of gods. Well, there is no God but God. But they think they have thousands of gods, right? Maybe a a demon helps them out every once in a while or something. Like Dagon, you know, <laughs> the Old Testament, they got Dagon up there, and hey, you're praying to your God. He ain't doing anything. You're not doing anything. But well, Finally, Dagon falls over <laughs> on his face. Yes. Power of God is amazing. Yes. And so, yes. hmm. You. What do you say? I'm just helping you. Tell me what you said. I said India has thousands of gods. So, India has thousands of gods. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, but there's only one true God. And so, if you be led by the Spirit of the Lord, He will lead you in the, path right, uh, the, the right path every single time. He, uh, I can tell you with all honesty, never has He led me wrong. But I have made mistakes. That's not a shock probably to anybody. <laughs> because I made mistakes because I did what I thought. And if what I think has not been changed by what God thinks and what God said, then it doesn't really amount to much. My thoughts have to be changed. Uh, Imagine, a human can think the same thoughts that God thinks and can then speak the same thoughts in the form of words that God would speak. Remember Reinhard Bonnke? He, he's still alive. I said, like, like, he's not. But remember, he said, <laughs> The Lord spoke to him and said, My words, speaking, this is God speaking, my words in your mouth are just as powerful as my words in my mouth. And I think if you look that up in the original Greek, mm-hmm. I'm pretty confident in this. <laughs> If he wrote it down, and then I translate it to Greek, he used the word "rema." Do you understand? Like that wasn't Greek? You know, I don't know that, but I know enough of the word to know that my remas in your mouth are just as powerful as my remas in my mouth. Because you know, you could be like the seven sons of Skeva, and you could say to a bunch of demons, people that have demons. Say, you come out in the name of Jesus whom Pastor Tim preaches. <laughs> well, you might find that you're looking for some clothes. <laughs> Remember that? They went over there. And they're like, oh, this is great. Like, look at this. It reminds me of Simon the Sorcerer in Acts. You know, Simon the Sorcerer, he saw that when the, by the laying on of the apostles' hands that they received the Holy Spirit. What did he see? He saw them speak in tongues and magnify God. And then he said what? He said, man, I'm going to pay you so I can have this same power that you have. And they said, your money perish with you. Because so you thought the gift of God could be bought. So God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's the word and the spirit agree. So if you're gonna draw near to God, well then you're gonna come by the word and if he speaks, he's gonna speak by his word. So it's gonna be like Rama. So that's when Reinhard Bonnke, the Lord said that to him. The Rama or the word of God God's word that he makes real to Reinhard Bonnke and then Reinhard speaks that is just as powerful as the word of God that's real to God that God speaks. Well, that even just makes common sense. That when the spe- See, Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away because if I don't go away, The Comforter or the Holy Spirit will not come. He cannot come. But if I go away, I'm going to send him to you. And he, the Spirit of truth. Some translations actually translate that word truth as the Spirit of reality. So truth is what really is. Like, the news media don't know what truth is. Okay? And some people think, well, these news media, these guys are great, and they will—they they know all this stuff, you know, and everything. But then all of a sudden, when they interview you, and you watch their edits play on the news, and you say, I did say those words, but not quite in that order, and definitely not in that the the way you're framing it up does not actually represent what I was wanting to communicate or what I did communicate. And sometimes people will even, they'll take their own, if you ever interviewed, uh, you have to, you need to say, I'm also going to record this and just do it on your phone or something like that so that if they misrepresent you, then you can take your uh, actual thing so they can tell when they edit it and, and do it correct. Well, there's no truth I'm not saying they're all bad. There's some, obviously some good news, PD. They, they try to do their best, but uh, some of them don't try to do their best. So <laughs> the spirit of truth, I'll send the spirit of truth or the spirit of reality. So the Holy Spirit takes the things of God and of Christ and makes them real to you. Makes them real to you. In other words, makes the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ real. And when he does that, well, light has just come, and you can receive God. Because no man can come to the Father except by the Son and except that my Spirit reveals to them, right? And so that's even how you get born again. But in that, you're required to turn away from everything, your solutions to all the problems, and turn to God's solution for every situation, his solution for real life, which is turning to Christ. Amen. Verse 14 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For the love of Christ constrains us because we judge thus, or this is how we judge. If one died for all, then we're all dead. So Jesus died for all. That means we were all dead. Isn't that funny, Emma? Are you dead? Well, you've been born again, so you're not. But if you look in the Bible... You know, it talks about actually three different kinds of death. Many times it's actually talking about spiritual death, I and mean, we're trying to say that's natural death. I mean, even God said to Adam and Eve, in the day that you eat of that, you will surely die. What happened? Well, they were separated from God at that point. And because of the separation from God and the life of God, uh, uh, death was begun in their bodies. But it was not completed until their bodies gave up their spirit. But in that day, you'll surely die. So if one died for all, that means all of us were dead. You ever hear Daisy Osborne? She's in heaven now, but she preached an awesome message called Never Too Dead for a Resurrection. Her husband would say, so many people are dead while they live. They're going through life, going through the motions, getting up, going to work, paying the bills, doing this, going places with the family, but they're not really living. They're not really alive. You let the Spirit of God quicken you and His Word received in your spirit, and that life that He is begins to dominate you. And when that life begins to dominate you, the life of God and the nature of God, there is not a situation, there is not a person or a personality or for certainly not a puny evil spirit or an evil spirit who walks around like he's big stuff but he's really just nothing, the devil himself, that can dominate you because you have given yourself to God. You You have allowed the Lord to live in you and through you. And he that died for all, that they which live should not live any more for themselves, but unto him that died for them and rose again. Did I miss part of that verse? Nope. Therefore, or wherefore, henceforth, or from now on, we know, uh, know no man after the flesh. I love the Holy Spirit. Yes, even though we had known Christ after the flesh. That's what we're talking about before. You know, mental understanding. By his stripes I'm healed. Yeah, I know that. I know it says that. Right? But now, or yet now, henceforth, from this point forward, we know him this way no longer. Christ. We did know Christ after the flesh. But from this moment on, that's not how we're going to know him. That's not how we're going to relate to him. We're going to do it after our spirits. Therefore, if any man, right? So all were dead because one died for all. That means everybody was dead. So he died so that they which live should live for him. Or could live for Him. Or I like to say, He took our death so we could have His life. He took everything bad that was pronounced upon us because of our weakness, failure, and inability. And He took everything good that He was. There was no sin in Him. He took all of our sins on Himself. And if you read the rest of that chapter at the end of verse, He was made sin. Him that knew no sin. Was made to be sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That we might be made the favorite of God, the right of God, everything that's right about God, we have been made in Christ. He has set us apart. He's taken out of darkness, taken us out of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, into the kingdom of light. So you don't have to like walk around, bump into stuff in life and wonder, I don't understand what's going on. Your mental uh, abilities, reasoning, might not fully be able to comprehend it and if you're actually walking with the Lord and following him, they won't. Because my ways are higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than yours. But from your spirit, I've had so many situations where my spirit is turning flips. But my head is like, what is that? But what? I check here. I'm like, that's of the Lord. And, of course, it's in line with the word. If it wasn't in line with the word, I'd be like, but I have never had that happen. That's something in line with the word where I had a witness. No. Something that wasn't in line with the word. Did I say backwards? <laughs> Jessica, did I say it? Okay. Thank you. You just next time say. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll finish up here. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God. In other words, you didn't create this new creation. God created this new creation who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation uh, to wit, or what that ministry is, that God was in Christ. Amplified says this the better. That God was personally present in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed to us, the ministry or the word of reconciliation. What does that mean? Well, God was in Christ taking the world, reconciling. In other words, you want to reconcile an accounting? They care if you are one penny off. We have to find the penny. I don't care how much money it takes. We have to find the penny. It's going to take us, you know, $1,000 to find the penny, but we have to find the penny. Well, God reconciled us. In Christ, in other words, every little detail that you could possibly imagine down to the penny, well, more accurate than that, he reconciled us. In other words, the Lord, it's not like the Lord was like turning a blind eye like, oh, I don't know what they're doing. Don't let me see what you're doing. Don't let me see what you're doing. No, he knew fully well the weakness of man, the failures of man, the sins of man. And in that condition, Christ died for mankind. In your worst state, on your worst day, the biggest mistake that you could ever make, Christ looked down at you, and he said, I have paid the price for you. Thank you Lord. Yeah. My blood is more powerful than your mistake. Yes. That helps me. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I understand, if I'm saying, no, this is too big, you don't want to talk to me, uh, or, or just, you know, this, that, or whatever well, if I take it to the blood of Jesus and I understand that then I am taking the blood of Jesus and dishonoring it because I'm saying, well, you know, I'm I'm too bad for the blood, right? Well, you would never say that if you're a believer and you have any comprehension of the power of the blood of Jesus. But sometimes we act that way because we don't feel like I am the righteousness of God in Christ. We feel like I am the permissible of God he puts up with me in Christ. No, we are sons and daughters of God himself. He is our father. He's not just God. It's not just God I come to you in the name of your son. It's father. Jesus said, you've asked me many things up till now, but you're not going to do this anymore. Whatever you ask, the God in my name, whatever you ask Jehovah in my name, no. Whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. We are children. Got it, kids? We're all children coming to our father our heavenly father when we come he welcomes us with open arms we come with the life of his son the blood of his son is how we get there we say it's not what I have done no matter how wonderful I think it is no matter how much I want everybody to see it so I put it on Facebook and pay for likes you, know, you can pay for more likes. You know. No, I count that. Paul said, "I count all my Facebook likes as dumb. Is that so? I took some editorial liberty there. Right? He said, "I." He said, "You know what? You want to criticize me? You have no idea what I've done." He said, "You know how many nights I've spent in the deep? You might know many times I've been beaten." You know how much I know? Like how much I was taught? I was taught by Gamaliel. He said, but all of these things, I, I count those as nothing compared to the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I have determined among men to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yeah, I'm actually talking about knowing him like you have a friend that you know or a parent that you know or a child that you know or a sister that you know. If you don't know Jesus, we're not talking about come and be converted, uh, come and join a church. Well, except for it is the church of Christ, but not as you know, a group, you know. We are talking about come and really live. There is the reality of heaven and hell. Heaven is real. Hell is real. And if Jesus doesn't come before your spirit passes out of your body, you're going one of those two places. The will of God is that you go to heaven. He has done everything He could do for you to go to heaven, and that is to give up the life of His Son. Jesus the Son of God lived on the earth a perfect life so that He could be the perfect sacrifice in your place so that you could have the perfect life of God now in this earth and forever in eternity in heaven. It's not its not about being good or doing good things. When you're born again, it will produce good living if you yield to it. But it's not like you don't go to heaven because you did a bunch of good things or because you're a nice person. Although we like when you do good things and we like you be nice. But that is not how you get to heaven. The only way to God and the only way to heaven is through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And He loves you. He knows everything there is to know about you. He knows your failures more than you do. And he still loves you, and he paid the price for you. If you're here this morning, and you would like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, the Spirit of God is moving upon you, and you want to receive Christ, just with every head bowed, every eye closed, slip up your hand so I can pray with you and for you. In a, in a Quicker than you can snap your fingers, you'll be recreated in Christ. Hold your hand up high so I can see it. Or just come down here if you want to just come down so because I can't see everybody. Hallelujah. Number two, if you're here this morning and you were a believer, we're a Christian, but man, you don't even know where you're at because you let so many things come into your life and take the place of Christ and you, you just feel like you know in your heart, in your heart, that you need to come back to the Lord, that you want to like, just take everything that you have just let take his place and you just want to say Lord it's not any longer I'm not letting that stuff rule me any longer I'm not going to just live for myself I don't want to do that I want to live for you if that's you slip up your hand I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you and finally if you're here and you've never been filled with the spirit and you'd like to be filled with the spirit then I want you to slip up your hand you, you can be born again, and Jesus said uh, to those he had breathed upon that received uh, new creation life before he ascended into heaven there, he said, wait until you be filled with power from on high. Speaking of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you'd like to be baptized in the Spirit, slip up your hand. Pray with you and for you. Hallelujah. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're the best father we could ever ask for. Thank you for your protection, for your care, and for how you have provided for us, not just financially. We thank you for that, but that you provided your son as a sacrifice so that we could come into your family and be with you. I pray, Father, today on Father's Day, thank you for being our father, and I pray for every one of us, your children, that you'll help us to tune in to your frequency, that we listen to what you have to say, that we respond to your leading, that we allow you to live your life through us, that we allow you to dominate us. Father, thank you that you your words bring light and understanding, revelation, that where your spirit is, there is real freedom. Ah, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen.